When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, y'all just did a big combat. <clears throat> How much time do you want to have passed? Uh, this next episode is going to be a bottle episode. You're going to be in transit from one area to another, uh, and there's just going to be time while you're on the ship together. Are are we going somewhere or because we're kind of sticking oh, around because we have to get? Give... Oh, that's right. We've got we've got some loose ends to tie up. Yeah, we have to yeah. get Sonya back her stuff what so i we... guess we're not going to do a bottle episode we're just going to do another talking episode great so we don't get to do a bottle episode but we'll do a talking episode <laughs> but it will be in a bar and we can drink from bottles mm. so yep. it will be a bottle episode <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the first person to land is going to be Dreth. Yeah. Well, technically the first person to land is the captain. Uh, but the bird lands, the captain lands, Dreth is there with the captain who is like – Dreth has, has suffered six strains. So Dreth is like not doing well. Uh, the captain is a zombie and the crew is on the ship waiting for orders because they were ready for like oh. potentially for a fight. So Dref in the in the captain is just kind of like, you know, standing, like dismounts, stands proudly, like <laughs> I mean, look, looks open hole. I, and I think he is like carrying you bridal style right now, partially because it covers up the wound in his chest. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh yeah. Was, like Dref kind of like <laughs> sees to that as well, because you know, Dref definitely wants to like try to hide the hole. The, the you know, no blood, but just like a hole mm-hmm. in the captain's chest. But they are drenched with blood as well. So Dref lands. Dref is kind of in a panic because the whole crew is looking at the captain covered in blood. Dref covered in blood. The captain holding Dref. Dref also knows that he has no way to like be... Well, he can be pretty social, I guess. He's not really <laughs> trained in it, but... Turn on that charm. He's got he's got enough like presence uh, that he could potentially turn something around. So Dref is going to try... Uh, some sort of leadership here. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll it first uh, and then decide what is the difficulty on rolling a leadership check here? What are you attempting to accomplish with this leadership check? So the crew is there. The crew is waiting for orders. The captain is 
presumably the one that would give the orders, mm-hmm. um, but instead Dref is going to have, and usually like fuck anybody, you know, John, Travis, someone would give orders. Gable, anyone would give orders better than Dref, but Dref, since he's here, has to give orders. And you do have the most information out of everyone. So Wilson is there, and there are like a bunch of other various and sundry people that are on the deck of this ship. And some of them like have their muskets cleaned. Uh, they're they're awaiting orders. Like they've got weapons in their hand. They've got rope in their hand. And it seems like after boom, like the captain landed sort of gracefully on the deck, and they picked themselves up while holding Dreff uh, bridal style. There's a moment where they all sort of make eye contact with the captain at once, and he grins. He's grinning, holding you. And he does wink. Uh, for sure. A monster. It's so silent right now that you you can basically hear the of that ah. wink. <laughs> okay, cool. So what's the check on this leadership role? I think this is of average difficulty because right now there's just general tension and something has to break the tension. So um, going after the civility, there mm-hmm. was the concern that, you know, this, they kill the crew. So it's really a dangerous place. So I think that everyone, oh, yeah. everyone on the ship is like – kind of eager for any sort of direction like they don't know how the battle went they didn't see the civility go down mm-hmm. they don't know anything so can i add a blue dice to this because they'll they'll kind of go with whatever authority yeah. gets thrown out there okay i like that okay cool <laughs> um Oof, oh my boy. god oh my god uh so it is it's a failure uh with three <laughs> advantages Trev, no so here's what happens. Oh boy. Okay. What do I want these advantages to be? So Dref, so here's the here's the advantages. Dref is covered in blood. Yeah. And he tries to like he tries to like slide out of the captain's grasp and like address the crew. But also the captain was just grabbing him by the stomach. He's he's got like the thing for the bird. He thinks he's all puked out, but Dref opens his mouth to uh like give some commands and then just sprays like vomit again his second round. <laughs> And this is like not like food vomit now. Yeah, this is like is this, this is like it's like dry, long spittle. Like it's not pretty. This is like yeah, a lot of it is dry heaving. It's not even vomit. Yeah, but it's like it's it's just it's ugly vomit. Uh, and as he does that, as he does that, the advantage there is he goes sick bay, take yep. me to sick bay. And the captain grabs Dref and like uh, moves him like down towards the sick bay. Uh, the 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 crew I would say is like so the leadership was to inspire. Yep. No one's inspired. People are maybe a little panicked, but at least Dref and the captain are, like, leaving the deck yeah. of the ship. Yeah, so, like, the captain is, like, slowly dragging the still, like, dry-heaving Dref across the ship. Dref-heaving. No, nobody moves to stop him at all. Like, they are confused. And there's somebody who is, like, standing by the side of the ship with a spyglass looks, the clouds have moved! The clouds have moved! And they the and, and we cut <laughs> we cut to the view of the spyglass and we can see there is no ship where the civility was before the cloud had moved to separate. The civility is gone. It's gone.
there's like questioning voices popping up around the ship, uh, men and women just like going, what, what is going on? And then somebody lets out a triumphant shout. And I think those are your advantages is that the crew is not going to ask too many questions about what was going on with the captain uh, and what happened on the ship because suddenly this very dangerous ship is not in the sky anymore. With that, I think Travis and Jonnet arrive. What's our bird's name? Lucas. Thank you, Lucas. That was uh, that was, was very that was very kind of you. Uh, thanks for catching us back there. He, he reaches and pets him. On the, okay, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, we'll work on that. And uh, okay, it's the Liz Anderson scream. <laughs> <laughs> so then we're on the ship. Jonnet turns to the rest of the crew and like, notice anything that used to be there before that's not? Is it? Is it the civility? It's the civility! <laughs> yeah! Um, there's another call uh, from the ship. Uh, and then someone else, like, like that same person on the spyglass goes, and I can see the extractor. It's in the air. Bring her around. You can see people like, you know, after that celebration, they're returning to their stations, like shoring up the sails and starting to steer over to the area that the extractor is floating. John, immediately, as soon as like people start like pulling things and the like starts uh, turning the, the ship around, Johnny immediately runs to the front and gets on his like his perch because like he's he's soaking up this moment. A large woman, not, not, <laughs> I, I, I keep trying to make people tall to be impressive, but uh, you, you're not going to do better than Gable. So <laughs> a woman comes over to Travis, who I think her arms are covered in tattoos. She goes, you need to be attended to in any way? You all right? A glass of wine would be nice. Oh. <laughs> Sassy boy. She spits on the ground. Good to see that you're in good spirits, Travis. Uh, so that's a no. <laughs> <laughs> and shortly after that, there is some shouting. Because right now, your bird mm -hmm. is struggling under the weight of three fairly large people. Nodos mm -hmm. is not very heavy, mm -hmm. but certainly Wendell is heavy and certainly Gable is heavy. Mm -hmm. uh, and the Metatron is struggling to get to the elevation the ship is at. Uh -huh. You can see it's currently circling over the area where the extractor is floating, trying to ride the thermals coming off of that to get some more height, but it's having to flap a lot. You see this, Jonnet, definitely. You know, it might be a long shot for that bird to actually reach the ship. And uh -huh. you can see through your spyglass, it could have to drop Wendell. Jonnet like peeks up from uh, the front of the ship. Uh, is Mayday uh, app applicable here? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, sure. Mayday, why not? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he peeks up uh, over the side of the ship. Mayday, Mayday! What's the name of your bird? Mine. Metatron. Yeah. Metatron. Uh, the Metatron. Uh, I don't know. I can't see why, but it's it's having a hard time getting up here. We got to drop the ship, or we need a rope or something. Make a leadership roll. <gasps> Our Bippy, beautiful boy. Ba -da -ba -doo -boo -boo. Uh, what's that against? I'm going to make it two purple. Two purple. People are looking for purpose right now. And they are sort of moving in that direction anyway. Ooh, 
Oh yeah. So that's a triumph, a success, and one disadvantage. Hell yeah, dude. People are going to respect, like, I think you, you start shouting that and you realize the chaos of the moment a little bit. You know, the captain is not there. People are moving around, uh, but they don't realize this is a crisis situation. And some of your earlier shouts got lost. What do you say that gets people's attention and moves them to action? Can I like pick out two crew members that like I kind of already know and just like in a moment of just like I like grab these two like you two uh, focus oh, up. We got to get names for these people. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Are they new people? Okay, new people. Yeah, uh, yeah we've not we've not seen these. We've not encountered these two people before. And they have uh, nicknames, and those nicknames are, like, they go together, kind of like salt and pepper, like... Uh, uh, no, like sneak and two-bike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just start. It starts now. <laughs> um, Daisy Fuentes. Daisy and Fuentes. Daisy and Fuentes. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Okay, so these are two permanent crew members now, Daisy and Fuentes. Fuentes. <laughs> Uh, Until they tragically die. One is impeccably tall and skinny, and the other one is very uh, stout and and muscular. Okay. But Daisy no knows the, which is which. We, we assume, but but you know what happens when you assume? You get it wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both have unibrows, I think. Mm-hmm. Nice. And they connect. Looks, yeah, when they from stand next one to head each to other. The other head. Yeah. It looks like just one big brow. Mm-hmm. Well, and since one's taller and one's shorter, it looks like someone's very um, inquisitive. Yeah, they, they, always, they always cock their heads to the side to account for it. <laughs> this is insane, right? <laughs> yeah, I think you've made it insane. These enough. are real humans, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Daisy, Daisy, and Fuentes uh, sort of <laughs> uh, stand to attend. To, like they look at Jonet. Daisy Fuentes, look alive! We've got the Metatron that's having a hard time. We need to get some lines down to them. Stat. <laughs> so uh, Daisy and Fuentes uh, sort of look at Jonet, who you know normally they ignore. Uh, Do you see me stutter right now? Yeah. <laughs> He's radiating authority. They look over the side and they can see that Metatron is struggling. I think Daisy is the first to act. Whether Daisy's the tall one or the short one, we'll never know. Uh, (laughs) But they run over and like grab one of the ropes in the side of the ship and sort of rappel down to the bay where uh, the albatross is being attended to right now. And they hop aboard that albatross and take it moving over very quickly to Metatron. And I think Metatron will go to Metatron. You are next to uh, Nodos. Nodos is like awake, though. So he's probably the most able to. Well, yeah, I mean. Classically, he's awake. That's his whole thing. And like Nodos is like large, unblinking eyes are just sort of focused studying Gable, who is, you know, fading in and out of consciousness. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you fade into consciousness, Gable, like you can hear the labored breathing of Metatron um, Uh, as it's... uh, (laughs) And it uh, it does sound uh, like bad uh, sex noises. uh, Uh, Bad sex noises? (laughs) (laughs) Just bad to hear. Bad to hear, yeah. Bad to hear in your tabletop role-playing podcast. There's only one context where that's good to hear, and it's during sex. Uh, Any other time you're like, someone's having sex. Hear me, and I don't need to hear this. 
<laughs> yeah, someone's having sex. It's not me, and that's not good. It's not me, and it's so close to me. <laughs> and, uh, Especially for a podcast, that's right in someone's ear. Yeah, <laughs> just learned a lot can about responsibility. One, uh, just like in that one moment, can you put it all in the right channel? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Casey, you heard that bad instruction. Uh. Um, Hi, Casey. How's it going? I'm Tyler. Hi, Casey. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hi, Casey. I hope we keep all of this in. Casey, keep all of this in. Okay. Casey, you know what to keep in and you know what not to keep is this in. So all of it? Casey Neoscom? Yes. Hi, Casey. Casey Neoscom is his last name. Oh, I, were assuming, I was assuming we were talking to my dog who died when I was in grade school. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Casey. Casey I hope this? you're having fun in heaven chasing all the bones. I thought we were talking to Casey Anthony, the murderer. Oh, yeah. Aww. Well, uh, uh, no. She's not in jail, so. <laughs> Casey, you can take that part. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's all Christ. the internet that we've used up, and mm-hmm. we're done. Mm-hmm. We're done. Yeah. Uh, so I don't even know where we were. Oh yeah. No, 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 you no, can, no, Anthony. No, no, it's been a You can hear. You can hear the labored breathing of this bird, and you can see dangling in its beak Wendell. Then a shadow, like sort of, passes overhead, and passing beneath is is this albatross ridden by Daisy. And this bird's got to drop a heavier person. It's either going to be you or it's going to be Wendell. Both of you are very injured at this point. Well, Wendell ain't heavy. He killed his brother. Oh. I hate you. Well, I've been sitting on that for quite a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> are, are, Is Daisy allowed to ride the bird? Gable was pretty... I'm not. I can't control what people that's are doing. True, that's there, true. I think yeah, there that, are three I think birds. Be happy about it. I think that what Gable is learning is that their bird rule isn't necessarily strictly followed <laughs> no. by everyone. On Nobody the really respects the bird. Me well, we've all my... been on the. We've all ridden yeah. the bird. What? Was, no, no one's supposed to be in the bird. It's well, kind of like when the parents go out of town and they're like, "No parties," but they're like, well, "I hope they have a party." <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's cool. <laughs> I, I hope Steve's cool. there. His muscles are so big. <laughs> I bet he's a good kisser. <laughs> I hope my kids aren't lame. God, I wish they would kiss Steve. <laughs> what well, I wouldn't give for my kid to kiss Steve. <laughs> Oh. With his baseball hands. <laughs> just, just two white round globes. His lacrosse legs and his big, big brain. Yes, two two sticky legs with netting for feet. Oh, Steve's going to be a state senator or a chief of police one day. I love Steve so oh, much. <laughs> Steve won't answer my call. It calls. doesn't matter who. They save, they save the bird. <laughs> Thank you. That's that's what we were driving at. You made the rolls. They saved the bird. I think y'all land on the deck together. Both Gable and Wendell are worse for wear. As soon as you land on the deck, Nodos has Gable in his arms and he has covered Gable up with their coat. That's a good boy. He looks around. We need medical attention as quickly as possible. A couple other crew members come over to do the not insignificant task of lifting up Wendell and Gable and carrying them to the medical bay where I assume we find uh, Dref. So Dref is doing better now because there's nothing left in his stomach, yeah. uh, but he is like still kind of in a panic. He's like stripped off his coat, which is like just disgusting at this point, and is like cleaning himself in a wash basin. Um, so he's kind of like 
stripped down to Mm -hmm. his kind of skivvies when everyone like burst through the door. uh, the the one thing he did do was put the captain in the captain's quarters. Mm-hmm. So the captain is immediately in his cool. quarters locked away, and Jeff is alone in the medical bay wearing his underwear. There are a bunch of people in this room. It, it's chaotic. They dump Wendell onto a table, uh, and Nodos is, like, making sure that Gable is lowered onto a cot. Um and there are people like nervously standing around because Wendell is like has a hand that's incredibly badly burned and Gable is bleeding a lot. Who, like, like who looks worse for the wear? They are both terrible okay. yeah. right now. Gable has no hit points and essentially neither does Wendell. Mm-hmm. Like there are people who are sort of like concernedly looking on and Nodos like looks at them very seriously. I believe these two require privacy. And there are some people like confused looking around like we normally just sort of watch. It, we, it, we love watching w- surgeries, please. Dref kind of snaps like into it when he sees how badly injured they are. And he says, uh, uh, c- c- clear, clear the chamber. Uh, uh, Nodos, uh, you, t- 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 to me. Yeah, and Nodos like waves off the others and closes the door. How can I assist you, physician? Dref like points to like one of uh, uh, his cabinets. In there, you, you, you need to administer both of them the sleeping drought. They should be uh, asleep for what is to, to come. He nods and he grabs it. Are they both still? Con- you're both still conscious yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah, I think Wendell's out. Yeah, he, he Wendell is definitely out, but uh, he administers this treatment to Wendell first, and then moves over to Gable, and like he makes eye contact with Gable briefly before turning to Dref. This one, maybe on Nodos. It's fine. And I reach, do the gimme motion to have him hand me the sleeping draught. He passes it to you. And then I drink the whole thing. (laughs) And I peel off my coat and say, you might want to catch him. Yeah. (laughs) He grabs it and helps you lower yourself back down and turns to Dref. Have you operated on this one before? Uh, Dref has not, correct? Because you've been very like... Both you and Travis have been very uh, cagey. Dreff has had yeah. some suspicions as to why, because most people, like, if they get cut or whatever, they'll go right in and get uh, mm-hmm. stitched. But Dreff has no real inclination as to what would be either one of your medical cases. Yeah. Did we discuss Travis's healing at all? So Is Travis that- – heals i think at a normal rate okay. one thing that travis does not have to worry about though is infection mm. you you are freed mm-hmm. from age and disease it's not a huge deal even if you get a big cut it's not as big a deal as long as the bleeding stops mm. mm-hmm. so nodos turns to dref and like very seriously in any stare from nodos is oh so very serious mm-hmm. because he rarely blinks this one's physiology may be Unusual. I'm right here. Uh, you that drought works fast though, so you're like you're. you're but I'm also seven foot tall. Yeah. Uh, it, but it it you drink the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, which you weren't supposed to, but it's also <laughs> it, it, yeah. it, it, it's also <laughs> this is not only to put you to sleep. It's a it's a powerful painkiller mm-hmm. as well. Uh, and the painkiller is kind of what puts you to yeah. sleep. It's it has to be some sort of like opioid. Yeah. Of some sort, so it'll like it'll hit you pretty quickly. Yeah. But yes, continue. Yeah, you can like be fairly conscious. I think you should be cautious as cat 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 gut just get me cat gut and 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 and, and, and no no more talking right away what are the extent of each one of their injuries uh so wendell is 
incredibly badly burned. His hand is swollen to the point where it's almost unrecognizable. If you were an average physician, you would have to amputate at least the hand and probably more of the arm. Yes. He has also been cut uh, pretty severely. Gable's injuries are not as overwhelming. They sustained some smaller uh, wounds in the fight. The big one is the hook that they got in their arm and shoulder. Yeah. Uh, That is bleeding quite a bit, and it's a nasty, nasty cut. Yeah, it's basically like all the way through the snoo. The hook's gone though, right? Yeah, it just went straight through. Okay, so... Dref has a has a decision to make here because, as we all know, Dref is a, a practitioner in the necrotic arts. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dref believes that a normal no. physician would not would amputate Wendell's hand. Mm-hmm. Dref believes that he can save the hand and some semblance and some function of the hand by infusing it with necrotic energy, basically letting what is dead remain dead and letting what is alive remain alive, and having those two things work in tandem with each other. The f- problem here is that most people don't take too kindly to having necrotic magic work through their body. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, Wendell would definitely have a dead hand uh, yeah. for the rest of his life that would, you could amputate it at a later date, but it would be incredibly painful because he's basically fusing living tissue to dead tissue. <laughs> Dref is very worried about doing something like this and he doesn't have anyone in this room that he can talk to oh, about no. that. But also... What an opportunity. Exactly. Hey, heroes, and welcome to the mid-roll for the 10th episode of Skyjacks. Heroes, it is February, the month of romance, and that means a couple of exciting things for Skyjacks. First, the price for our advertisements has dropped. If you want a personal message on the next episode of Campaign, it'll just cost you $69. Similarly, if you want a professional message, it's only going to be $169. But if you don't have the cash, there's another way to get a advertisement. This month, we're going to be giving away free advertisement slots to people who tweet about the shows they love on on the OneShot Network with the hashtag OneShotHearts. All you have to do is say something about a show that you love and fit the hashtag OneShotHearts somewhere in there. I'll be browsing that hashtag judging tweets based on four criteria. The number of likes and retweets you get, how earnest you are in talking about your favorite shows, your creativity, and whether or not somebody responds saying they'll listen to the show. Honestly, I just like reading personal messages on the air, and I figured this would be a good way to generate more of those for myself. I want to take a quick moment and send a huge thank you over to the folks at the Campaign Podcast Transcription Project. Transcriptions of podcasts help people with hearing impairments or general audio processing issues enjoy shows like Campaign. Unfortunately, transcribing is time-consuming work, and not every show has the ability to write out their audio. The budget here at OneShot unfortunately doesn't stretch very far. Thanks to the volunteers over at the Campaign Transcription Project, though, you can now read episodes of Skyjacks. You can find out more about this project over at campaigntranscription.wordpress.com or by clicking on the community tab over at oneshotpodcast.com. While I'm thanking fans for all their hard work, I want to thank everybody who drew pictures of Gable after last week's episode. We were so excited to bring you this character reveal, and we're overwhelmed by the enthusiasm we've seen in the fan art. 
We have been messaging each other pictures pretty much nonstop over the last two weeks. Finally, a huge thank you to our Patreon backers, who help keep one shot and all the shows involved in the network on the air. Your money helps us fund productions and keeps certain people, me, alive. Remember, backer thank yous are going to be starting up very soon, and I want to make sure everybody who would like to be thanked in a timely manner signs up before we generate that list. Otherwise, you will be thanked just pretty far into the future. With all of that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. So he has, this person is also passed out. So, you know, he is a physician and a physician a must heal. And, and the their w- quality of life, the quality of life, a person with one hand versus a person with two hands with life a as a skyjack and a fighter at that. Looking at a hook or any sort of hand prosthetic, his life mm. is in a pretty bad way. I- I still think that Dref has this, like, he is torn between these two things because he knows that he can do something. So instead of making that decision, he is going to draw a luminary and help that the luminary can help make this decision for him. He, is uh, this diegetic? Is this help? Does he have, like, a, a deck of luminaries in the room with him? Oh, I thought I'd find you here. Oh, um, <laughs> uh... Oh, that's that's so interesting. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, so Dref. So yeah, Dref has no sort of specific religion um, in mind. But uh, yeah, it was. Is that more interesting to put it in the game that yeah. he has? And he's never really needed morals because it's more yeah. like science. You could, you could even do a sailor's reading, which uh, will tell you something. Would Wendell have cards on him? I don't. And yeah, I think also like it, it could th- be can, very common that everybody just has a set of luminaries. Yeah, too. I can show up and you can ask me, and I can be like, I don't know, ask the cards. We don't. Yeah. <laughs> We don't. I don't care. No. I don't think we even need you for that because we are definitely going like to need you for the other. Maybe like a card falls out of like Wendell's pocket or something yeah. like that. I I do like that that Dref would leave this up to like luck and to chance, mm-hmm. you know, to a certain degree. So I do like. Uh, I don't know that. I think then the immediacy of this, it would just be the like type of thing where he would flip a card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe Nodos has cards on him, or would Gable? Well, I think no. it, I think like. Nodos could be like, what do you want to do? And he'd be like, yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, uh, Dref and Nodos are both looking at um, uh, Wendell assessing his injuries. You look strained, physician. Something weighs on you. Nodos, do you have uh, uh, cards, uh, luminaries on you? He doesn't say a word. He just like reaches into his pocket and flops the deck on the table. When did we decide that Nodos is a haunted butler? <laughs> <laughs> Just now. Uh, Dref <laughs> takes the deck, cuts it, and then flips over the top one, and it's the soldiers. The sol- Ooh, the soldiers is an interesting one. Mas interesante. Yeah, but it's all true. <laughs> Once again, Illamat, a game for your haunted butler. A game for your haunted butler. Uh, okay. <laughs> the soldiers' themes are death. Deception and memory. Oh shit! Well, okay. <laughs> okay, well that's it. Yep. Death, deception, and memory. Uh, yeah, yeah. He flips up the soldiers, flips it down, hands the cards back to Nodos, and he looks at Nodos, and Nodos is like unblinking eyes. Mm-hmm. Leave the room. If you hear screaming, do not enter. 
and do not allow anyone but Gable, Travis, or Janet to enter. He looks at you for a second, making very firm eye contact, and then looks to Gable, who I believe you're on the very edges of consciousness right now. A little bit high. What do your eyes look like as he sees you right before you pass out? Glazed over. Yeah, so you're, you're far gone. And then he just nods and exits the room. Okay, uh, I'm going to roll this uh, uh, divine magic check on him to yes. try to save this arm. Uh, I'm assuming this is a difficult check. Yeah, I think this okay. is this is hard. Oh boy! Oh, oh no! Boy. Oh boy! So oh boy! It is. It's a triumph, but it's technically a failure because it's an a, yeah. So it's a triumph and an advantage and a failure. Okay, so. What th- th- we have to go like you're trying to save the arm. Yeah. No, um, I'm trying to save the hand. You're trying to save the hand. Can, uh, can, I, can I can I throw something out? Yeah. So it's a triumph and a failure. So the specific thing that I'm trying to do didn't work. I think it worked too well. Basically, when I'm what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to connect this dead tissue with my magic to living tissue. Mm-hmm. But the magic was too powerful, and the dead tissue went way further oh. than I thought it was going to go. The whole arm is dead at this point. You have killed the entire arm. Uh, he will not have feeling in that arm. However, there's also a triumph here on the table. I think that arm is going to be much more powerful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the thing is, even through this sleeping drought and this pain drought that I gave him, mm-hmm. I think that this is one of the most like having part of you die is one of the most traumatic and painful like things imaginable. So I think that he is like up and like, like it, he can't feel in it anymore. But in this instant, as this dead tissue is like taking over his living tissue it's like a battle inside someone's body oh yeah so i think then he he sits bolt upright and obviously he grabs you with his new zombie arm oh yes and he lifts you off the ground and just screams in your face uh, for yeah. a while <laughs> i think he like pins me um uh uh like to you know inside of the uh cabin and i'm like clawing at his arm Wendell, uh, and his eyes are like There's rolled into his head. There's nothing of Wendell yeah. in there, yeah. I'm trying my best to like snap him, like snap him out, snap him out, uh, snap him out, but like nothing is working. I think he's like starting to choke me too, so like <laughs> now I am starting to like, uh, oh, and that, that took strain just to do that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh god, yeah, you don't have much strain left. No, I do not. Um, so I'm like losing a little bit of consciousness too, but I think after, after like at the verge where I am going to pass out because because he is choking me out. That is the moment where he finally like collapses. Collapses. <laughs> the effects of the medicine overpowered the effects of the pain, and he is out again. You're probably still a little oh, no. bit conscious yeah, yeah. for this. So I, I look at Draft and say, "I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to do that." Don't, I don't want it. Uh, also, like I think this is through a medicine-induced haze, mm-hmm. but like. You recognize, trickling through it, the familiar blasphemies that he whispers over the captain. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like that is also part of you expressing, it would be a very bad idea to use that sort of magic on me. For your injuries, Mm -hmm. they're not as as extreme. I can just use medicine checks to patch you up. So what I'm going to do here, uh, tell me what the difficulty on this one is, James. Difficulty on this one, I think it is also hard. Okay. 
We'll see how well I do. Hmm. Oh my god! Wow, <sighs> you're having a great day. Oh, uh, could I have used some of those advantages, maybe, to throw a blue dice? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Onto this next yeah. one, uh, boy. Okay, so this is not. How many advantages did you roll on that last one? I rolled two advantages. So I think you can take two blue dice. Okay, please. Boy, I think it's. Okay, so that's it. Hmm. Passes. It, passes. Um, it is one success and two advantages. Mm-hmm. So you are going to be able to recover. Mm. I think it's, I, I don't know how many hit points it is, but it doesn't matter because we're not in a no, situation where that's going to matter too much. You are going to be able to stabilize this wound, stitch mm-hmm. it shut. Yeah, um, I, I use the cat gut. I start stitching. I apply salves and like mm-hmm. uh, bandages, compresses to both sides of the wound. Um, I clean up some of your more minor uh Yeah, I've got lots cuts of cuts on my torso. Mm-hmm. As well. Isn't Those this- just take some stitching. I finish like stitching Wendell as he is, you know, calmed down and, and is mm-hmm. passed out. I can also use divine magic to try to increase or to not not necromantic nec- magic. Necromantic yeah. magic. I can just use regular divine magic to try to speed the rate at which you would heal. Um, because I am, yeah. after all, a cleric and I do know like, you know, good magic mm-hmm. as well. Um, so I think I'm going to do that. That's a regular check. Let's not talk about necromancy like it's bad. No, it's not bad. No. It just exists. Uh, it's dead. And I'll use one of the advantages that I got on that last roll. And this is like more of a group thing to just try to um, speed their recovery. Yeah, I think you're yeah. like chanting over them. Yes. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, that works. Yeah, so it's, it's two successes, uh, just straight up two successes. So this one is more something that I'm, like, well-practiced in, confident in, and mm-hmm. as you both, like, kind of drift off into this, like, semi-drug-induced sleep, you notice that, like... I think Gable was going to be talking a little bit, oh, so before we... A little yes, bit. Uh, uh, I think I'm a little bit in and out, because uh, I think I'd like to talk to Dref a little bit. Yeah, like, Gable's set both seven feet tall, and as we know... Not exactly the same as Hold a human. On. The tincture that you issued them, I think, does separate them from the pain and is going to make Gable a little woozy, but it's not necessarily yeah, going to put them put out. Them out. Yeah. Which yeah. is also another alarm bell to you that something is off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I finish with, um, uh, you know, he puts me down and, mm-hmm. and I finish with his wounds. I move over to yours to like stop the bleeding and start st- stitching you up. So I am uh, stitching you up mm-hmm. as, as you're still like aware. Mm-hmm. I never thought I would be one of your experiments. It's interesting. Um, I, I'm, this is, I'm just, I'm merely stitching you up. I'm not, there's no experimenting. I'm. We're going to have to tell Nodos to like do a title change. Physician is, is that's not it. That's, you're not physician. I, I, you're, it's part of it. I but, am a physician. Well, you're more than that. Lots of different things. You're more than you seem as well, Gable. Two of a kind, birds of a feather. Woo. I wouldn't presume to include myself in Mm. whatever you are. I have my Mm. suspicions. I'm sure Nodos has his suspicions as well. Wendell is groaning in the corner. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mm. I think that you are extraordinary. Hmm. No one's called me that before. I cannot believe that to be true. Hmm. Maybe a long time ago. But you are not human. Do you want to see him? Do you require medical attention that would necessitate? Yes, I would very much like to see them. I turn around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I do have to know 
I feel like Dref might respond to, do you want to see them differently? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you okay. have no idea what that could refer well, to. Well, so yeah. I did see, I did see the scars on your back when oh, you came yeah. in. Okay. But okay. I didn't, yeah. but you're like, I, my, my, my thing is that you're probably like propped up yeah. right now. So your back is to like a wall or something like that. So mm-hmm. I can't mm-hmm. cool. see them. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I kind of like since your like body's probably going numb at this point, yeah. I like lift you forward um, and then like look at the the like scarring on your back. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard to focus on it. You do thank it's good that you puked everything <laughs> out of your body mm-hmm. earlier. It's good that that happened because it's a little bit dizzying looking at these scars. They sort of seem to shift. Did did it? Did it hurt? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It still does. Does it... Is is there anything that I can do? Not what I can do, but I can do... I've tried. That's sort of the point, I suppose. I'm never supposed to forget. Have we labeled what Gable is at this point? No. Are we? Am I allowed to, like, make any sort of assumptions? Yes, okay. I mm-hmm. think you are. Especially someone depends as, how much you know about lore. How much I, I have forbidden lore is one of my yeah, uh, skills. For, forbidden lore or like religion, religious knowledge, mm-hmm. and you should be extensively trained in religious practices as you are very familiar with divine mm-hmm. magic. Do you want me to ro- roll for this? So yeah, okay, roll away. Um, what's the difficulty check? I think this would be hard. All right, let's see. Uh, and when you say it, you have to say that you've uh, you've heard deep space pilots talking about. Them. Uh, oh boy. So this is good. This is two successes, two successes. Yeah. I think you jump to a pretty soon conclusion. I think I've had, I think I've had like guesses Mm -hmm. about this for quite a while. You're, you're an angel. A fall, a fall, a fallen is that I don't. I never exist. thought about what I'm supposed to be called now that I am the way I am. I guess that's the most accurate. You had wings, and your wings are gone. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And Travis, Travis is a fallen angel as well. Uh, no, no. <laughs> No. I, 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 oh, I'm, he, You're, he is, he's not like, he's. He, he's old. I don't know anything else. He's real old. Tell him how old he is. I He'll like that. don't know how old he is. He's how old. old are you? Oh. When did time start? <laughs> uh, That's a good point to cut. <laughs> <laughs> And we cut over to the top deck of the ship. Uh, both Jonnet and Travis are 
in pretty good health. So right now they are part of the operations of bringing the ship about to go pick up the <coughs> extractor package. I think there's plenty of time that sort of passed uh, when we, we saw those medical checks happen and whatnot. Yeah. So it's come around. And I think because this was your operation, really, like you got the extractor mm -hmm. out, you guys are pretty much on the front lines of like hooking it and pulling it back into the cargo bay. I'm sure you're curious uh, as to like some of the things that you managed to pull in. So let's let's go through this first. I think I want each of you to pull a luminary uh, to see what extra cargo Travis managed to snag. Because, like, we do know that you got that box, and we do know that you got that feather weave, like a wild amount of feather weave. Uh, this is a. Uh, the whale. Whale wet. Whale wet, yes. The whale's themes are revenge, irony, and fate. Um, so, based on that, Ironing. what do you think you managed to pull out of that cargo bay? I think either something, like, significant to my past. Mm -hmm. I like the idea that this is a crate. You, you just, like, it was a big crate. It looked like it was very uh, securely nailed shut and made out of a fine wood, which signaled to you there's something a little bit more important than food in this mm -hmm. one, so you tied it up. You grabbed a crowbar and, really like, st food. started working at it. You, you <coughs> might very well be right. It could be a special food. It could be bottles of wine. Like, there's a lot of exciting, expensive things that could be in a crate this fine. You pry it open, and, like, I think there's, like, some hay or something yeah. to prevent it from rattling around. You peel it to the side, and it is a skull. Um, it's a skull with intricate uh, scrimshaw carvings on it. Not a human skull, uh, but a skull of a deer. A massive buck. 13, 14 points. Uh, the skull itself is white with intricate uh, black carvings on it. But the notable thing, the thing that like strikes Travis very immediately, you recognize what it is as soon as you see it. The antlers are pure white. This is a changeling, or at least it was. In the center of the skull, I think, carved on it, is the mark of the Forest Queen. Well. <laughs> How odd. How odd. <laughs> so <up>? much hay. <laughs> Travis? Hmm? Are you okay? Are you okay? Uh, I'm fine. We got a big hole. That's this is awesome. Right? Yeah, so awesome. <laughs> you okay, man? You kind of darting back and forth. Me? Yeah. You're maybe you're darting back and forth, and I'm standing still. Uh, okay. Jonnet, which luminary did you pull? I pulled the Star Watcher. Oh, rad. Star Watcher, not what? The Star Watcher, guidance, wisdom, and clarity. Okay, yeah. So you also get to change things. <laughs> <laughs> this one's better. <laughs> um, guidance, wisdom, clarity. I want it to be something that would prime Jonnet to eventually learn about Gable and like angels and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So like maybe just like 
Oh, this could be something from the church. And yeah. So, yeah, that's I was like, I want it to be like a relic of old or like a book of like this war or is something like that. A book. Yeah. This is a a history text from the Church of the Slain God. A, it's a religious text that predates the Church of the Slain God back when that god was still alive, or so they say, which means this book is well over 200 years old. Cool. So we got taxidermy and homework. Great call. <laughs> well, yeah. I was like, so I like this. That's what I want. But also, Jonic currently, right now, is not excited about it. Yeah. Uh, like, so, like, it's like, oh. school. that is a ludicrously expensive object, I am sure. Where else are you going to get a skull for these prices? Mm-hmm. Free. Our Pain. All... How old is the book? The book? Uh, it's over 200 years at least. That's a um, lot book. Yeah. Oh. So then it's like, oh, Travis, no, we had a great haul. See, you, you found a super cool uh, deer head, and, and I found this book. <laughs> <laughs> I got a rock. Uh, that, there's not even a lot of pictures in uh, Yes, well, we'll both take our worthless trash to our rooms and keep it there and trade you. You hear some swearing as somebody who looks like they had a set of lock picks just like throws them to the side and there is the chest in front of you. Oh. Well, I can't do it. Just a random nerd. <laughs> Someone else wants to try. I'm a they nerd. They can. <laughs> I'm a nerd. Meow. <laughs> I'm a nerd. All nerds are cats, so cats are nerds. <laughs> Such is the way of the skyjack. Buster walks off. <laughs> I was like, hey, Travis, uh, hang on. Do that. Do that thing. Yes, yes, that, that thing, yes. Uh, bring it here. Uh, do I have to roll for this? Um, no, I think like this is destined to be opened. Uh, so it's a difficult lock, but you work at it and eventually the complicated mechanism opens up and the chains fall to the side and there's just this intricate chest that is carved with many uh, sacred religious insignias from the Church of the Slain God. Around it is ready to be opened. I open it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, it says, opens. I'm ready. We we see Jonnet and Travis's faces as the chest is being opened. A little bit of light shines out on them. A, a bit of a gold tint to it. We can see. Oh, so it's Pulp Fiction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. MacGuffin. <laughs> we can see laid on some velvet. Uh, there is a gold and white object that is incredibly delicate. That is shaped like a feather. And as you stare down at it and move to pick it up, there are parts of it that open up to reveal eyes that stare mm. up at you. Mm. Mm. Oh, Jonnet, you recognize what this is immediately. Yeah. You're the one that's reaching for it right I now. So. <laughs> I think in that moment, like Jonnet sees the feather, immediately recognizes it. He sees, like, as you reach it towards it, the eyes open. John, like, grabs the top of the chest and slams it down again. It's like, this is, this is one of those. Do you know about angels? Travis, do you know about angels? I mean, I've heard stories, but. And then he opens it back up and then. Oh, close it. It's gross. <laughs> <laughs> this. Uh, so he opens it back up and I want to see if John, it moves towards it. Do the eyes open up again or is it just for Travis? Oh, that's interesting. I'm also. Intrigued. I think they stay mm. shut. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, uh, so he, he closed it. Do you know about angels? He opens it back up and then he reaches towards it. Nothing happens. He waves his hand in front of like where the eyes should be. And then he looks at Travis and then he grabs your hand and he moves it towards the. Oh, God, no. Uh. And, then, and then you snap it back and he closes it. The feather wants you. The feather likes you. No, no. No, 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 Travis, Travis. This is, this is amazing. I said never, I, I always say never trust anything with more than four eyes. Will you break the rule? Travis, there are these feathers that I, I learned about, and they they pick who they want. And and sometimes you get a feather that wants you, and when it does crazy things to you, amazing things to you, and it doesn't want me. But when you reach for it, it wants you. What do you mean crazy and amazing? Uh, things happen. You you change. You get better. You, you see things. You, you it's it's amazing and it's terrifying, but it's it's real and and it wants you. Have you seen me? I already change, and there's no way I could be any more amazing. <laughs> <laughs> In this moment, John is just like. The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> He's off. <laughs> Fine, give me the gross feather. Uh, so, uh, like, he opens it back up, and then John, like, actually, he opens it up, and then takes like two steps back to like give Travis the room that John feels like he needs to like take this moment in. Uh, Travis pulls a handkerchief out of his jacket and like uses it to pick up the feather. Yeah. Nope. Uh, you pick it up. It, it feels light. The eyes sort of like focus on you. The pupils like contract a little bit as they look at you. Some of them are round like a human's. Some of them are square like, uh, a, like Futurama a horse. robot or a Futurama robot. Uh, and, and some are, are slits like a cat's eyes. Um, but they, they all look at you and there's like kind of a menace to their gaze almost. Okay, I feel the same. Well, because you're not touching it. You're you're touching the handkerchief, touching the feather. I have to touch it? Yeah. Yes. Why are you afraid of this? This is a, this is, you should be doing this. Uh, I mean, I want to see it. I would really love to see it. But you should be doing this like in, in your quarters when you've got a time. This is, this is going to be amazing for you, man. Travis, like, reaches out one finger on his other hand to just, like, touch the edge of the feather. And with just the barest touch, suddenly your body is overtaken by a tremendous feeling of fear. All of the animal instincts that you have in your animal forms are reacting at the same time. It is the instinct of flight. You feel every hair on your neck stand on end. The world melts away. And it is though you are in a vast, dark forest, and you can see all around you hundreds, perhaps thousands of points of ghostly light circling around. Suddenly they stop and slowly turn their gaze until they are facing you. You are seen. You don't know by what, but you are seen, and you must run. Yeah. 
Uhuru. A friend of a friend recommended that I write to you because of a problem I and my crew recently started experiencing. As I'm sure you are familiar with birds, otherwise, why would anyone suggest to do this? I have faith that you'll be able to help. My captain, whose judgment I am starting to trust less and less by the passing moments, has developed an unhealthy obsession with birds. One bird, I understand, even two, sure. Three, all right, if it's a pressing bit, that's fine. But we currently have 20 birds on our ship. They are displacing crew and getting into our cargo. And do I even have to tell you about the state of the cages? Some of them don't even fly. There's just an ostrich in the bosun's quarters, and it is extremely rude to boot. Is there any feasible way to talk my captain into curbing his new obsession with birds before our ship is overrun? If we do end up mutinying, is tarring and feathering an appropriately ironic punishment? Sincerely, how did it get this bad? I'm going to be the first to reject this letter on the principle I will not hear anti-bird propaganda here in this ship, and I will make myself known that I will never give up my birds. We have uh, an amendment on the table to reject the letter. Do we have a second? I suppose as I think we should talk it out. I don't think that's how parliamentary procedure works. I think we should have the discussion. Uh, We are are having the discussion about whether or not to continue the discussion. If I do not have a second, then... I second it. You You can't second your own. uh, That's your own motion. This is chaos. You can hardly second your own motion. I will second the motion. Thank you. From a place of experience. Seconding motions? Yes. So speaking from a... No, no, no. We are going to talk this out. Why? Because the average wingspan of one of those monsters is at least 15 feet. Of an ostrich? No. Of any one of Gable's birds. Well, yes, but they're very important. They do lots of cool stuff. Yeah, like eating all of our food. And six stunts, yes. They eat all of our bird food, certainly, but would you want to eat bird food? I'm te- I, I'm uh, I'm fairly offended. I didn't realize that my uh, pets offended you so. Now I, I didn't say they offended oh, me. Oh no! It sounds like they offended. Oh no! You. You're not putting words into spit's Bird. mouth. I'll put spit into words his mouth as much as I want. I'm sorry. I had a little bit of a reaction to that. <laughs> Now, I, I, I don't want to um, mm, 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 call into question the validity of this letter, uh, but uh, as it stands on the Uhuru, uh, we are a people ship that has uh, caged birds. Uh, at one point, um, when the number of birds outnumbers the number of people, you become a bird crew that has free range people. Now, the person writing this letter, depending on uh, the uh, gross density of the bird population in comparison to that of the people population, may be seeing themselves in a scenario where they are mm, on the other side of the bars of the zoo, so to speak. Then maybe it's up to the birds to kick the people off the ship. Mm -hmm. Uh, As it was, uh, your not locked up with them, they're locked up with you, or mm. vice versa. Yes. Mm. But the birds aren't making the decisions here. Maybe, they, maybe, maybe they, they are. Maybe they are. 
They're the ones with the captain's ear, as it were. Now, I don't want to um, mm, mm, give too much away uh, in terms of what our situation is, but uh, mm, as you all know, uh, the captain of the Uhuru is, mm, shall we say, mm, dead. Uh, this may be... <laughs> yeah, that's a, a way of putting it. Mm, this may be... Wait, wait, you know, you know this? <laughs> wait. Oh, shut up, shut up. What do you know? Is this... Oh, it's part of the canon? It's part of the canon? Sorry, it's I cool. I don't know. You just said that aloud, so... I, I told Spit a while ago and said... Draft, no. And told him to be cool. Uh, Draft, no. but, and not to mention it uh, in context yeah, of the I'm show. but under a weird hypnosis where these letter readings are the only context that I understand that. Then what, why are you in charge was, of this? Mm, You're the mm, one in the thrall. Why, are you, mm, why does this mm, make any sense? What I was going to say is it is uh, perhaps uh, 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 the chance uh, that the writer of this letter is... A board a ship where the captain died and was replaced by a bird and now the bird is replacing the crew with other birds in order to make more of a bird rebellion aboard mm, a ship. I've heard this before. Oh, you've been reading my blog? <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, I read that story about the captain who was just two sparrows in a coat. Yeah, mm, water ship down, yeah. <laughs> Bird captain in the world of tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's uh, I like that one better. Yes. <laughs> the sexual fan fiction attached to to Watership Down. Mm-hmm. Well, we just we just went with Watership Down. Great. What yep. about the Owls of Gahul? Oh, you mean who? <laughs> I do mean that. I always mean who. Or the beginning of uh, X Men Three. Yes. Mm, that's my cousin me. was that what did that have to do with birds he's got bird wings oh yes oh uh, mm-hmm. also quite honestly ben foster's one of my favorite actors i think he's fantastic did you know he's a scientologist oh i'm not surprised most actors are mm, yes that's mm. true anyway i'm gonna say screw off but- co-signed Okay. Seconded. Uh, uh, the, the motion carries uh the writer of the letter can sc- screw off Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter at at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Like Neoscum. Neoscum is a narrative comedy podcast featuring five Chicago improvisers antagonizing their way through the role-playing classic Shadowrun. It follows a group of misfits and outsiders. Z, an acerbic cyber troublemaker... Pox, the candy junkie klepto from across the pond. Tech wizard, the public access actor with a petulant thirst for adventure. And Dak Rambo, the nastiest trucker this side of the Robo Mason Dixon. Join the irascible Neo Scum crew on a puerile rock and road trip through a weirdo world of tomorrow, doling out street justice to every deeb they encounter, whether they deserve it or not. Do you love Star Wars but kind of wish you didn't? Then join us on the Expounded Universe podcast as we read through all the old Star Wars novels that took the galaxy far, far away that you know and love and turned it into a place where Han Solo can punch a giant otter and Luke Skywalker almost gets eaten by a giant gold-plated pillar of Dinty Moore beef stew. Did you like Princess Leia? Well, too bad! Now she's a space racist. Don't believe me? You'll just have to listen to find out on Expounded Universe. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter at Tyler A. Dave, on Mainstage with Second City, or at IO with Devil's Daughter. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or at Comedy Sports Chicago with the One Woman No Show. 
Travis Matigo was played by Johnny O'Mara, who could be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs or on his podcast, Dilettante Ball. Dref Wormwood was played by John Patrick Cohen, who can be found on Twitter at JPSoFly, on stage at IO with Devil's Daughter, or on his podcast, Hey Riddle Riddle. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this production was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find Arnie on Twitter at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. And you can find more of his work at ATPTunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at CaseyPony, spelled C-A-S-E-Y-P-O-N-E-Y, or on his own podcast, Neoscum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. The world of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. The role-playing game used for this production is a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system published by Fantasy Flight Games. There are no kings. Take flight, heroes. Health to the strangers who've ever been kind, and once for our friends near to rise. Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind, who know we can never deny the call of the sky. Dear Uhuru, oh my god, I forgot the bit. Yeah, spit! Yeah, yeah. Spit, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot it too. I was like, what bit? Oh, that bit. As I'm sure you are familiar with, birds, uh, uh, as, goodness Christ. <laughs> goodness Christ. Goodness fuck. <laughs>